another edition of the College Radar Showcase Watchlist Show. Tracking the top NFL draft prospects on the planet each and every week. Brought to you by the NFL Draft Bible. Broadcasting around the globe. With your hosts, Joe Everett, Justin Gamble, and me, the R.I.C. Rick Saratella. We are on air. Oh, getting all revved up here for another edition of the Cod Gridiron Showcase Watch List Show. I am your host, Rick Saratella, and we will have an all-star cast of guests on today's episode, Talking NFL Draft. It's what we do each and every week, episode Number 37 here, we're on iTunes and the Blog Talk Radio. If you're listening all around, click share, like. Please spread the word. Spread the word that the NFL draft season kicks off in Addison, Texas. That's right, January 6th through the 10th, cgsallstar.com. For more information, last year we had 30 of 32 NFL teams, 111 uh, NFL scouts, and dozens upon dozens, about 50 guys or so, currently active in the NFL. And, uh, we're going to kick off today's show with one of the co-founders of the College Gridiron Showcase and Symposium. It is Craig Red on the hotline right now. We welcome him into the show. And, Craig, a lot of moving and shaking going on. And uh, College Gridiron Showcase watch list up there on the website. People can still nominate there. And what else is going on in the College Gridiron Showcase and Symposium land? Well, good afternoon, everyone. Uh we're fired up right now. We're knee-deep in the football. As you and Joe know, we had a scouting meeting earlier this week, which you know, always energizes me. You know, this this is what we all live for. So that that was very energizing and, you know, looking forward to putting together our list. We'll invite out soon. Uh, as promised, a, l- a little late, but we have the full watch list up on the website now, probably about – Oh, 750 so names on that list at the moment. So really, we're uh, I'm super excited about what's what's happening right now. Yeah, you know, people they, they might hear that number 700 plus players and say, "Whoa, well, only 250 guys are getting drafted." That's true, but when you take a look around the league, the undrafted free agent guys I think make up the majority of most teams' rosters. And you got other events like the Senior Bowl, East-West Shrine game. It's great for those guys who are, you know, consensus top 100 guys and day one, day two draft picks. But I think, you know, Craig, just to follow up on what we've been echoing week in and week out, it's the most diverse all-star event. It provides a necessary platform. And quite honestly, this is the fourth year now of the College Gridiron Showcase. I believe that it's filled a huge void and gap when it comes to those day three undrafted free agent evaluations. I I agree completely. I just saw something the other day that the NFL is made up of 39% of free agents right now that take up rosters. Um, That's a, that's a huge amount. And really the, the players that we're getting, you know, and we've heard from scouts, you know, in some cases we help, you know, make them look better because they're finding the gems, you know, for us. They're finding the guys who make up the bottom half of the roster, the practice rosters, but guys who wind up staying in the league longer because they get more time to develop. And, you know, that's what we're trying to provide. We're, you know, we're, we're scouring, you know, every level to find those players that have the mental makeup as well as the physical makeup to, to sit on a roster and, and really compete for spots and over time wind up being, you know, if not stars, certainly a, a, a core member of, of NFL teams. Yeah, and I think when you take a look at the teams who do attend, the teams that send the most amount of scouts, they're the ones that are really capitalizing on finding these undrafted free agents. A team like the San Francisco 49ers, I mean, they've got an abundance of undrafted free agent rookies on that team making an impact. And, and not just contributions from the College Gridiron Showcase, but, you know, they, they got – they found Matt Breida from the College Gridiron Showcase. They also have guys like Lorenzo Jerome who went undrafted. So teams that know how to evaluate the New England Patriots with Jacob Pollister up there, uh, you know, they, they send over a half a dozen scouts each year to the College Gridiron Showcase. So you really see it in the scouting. And the teams that send more scouts seem to, to, to hit more 
on these undrafted free agents. Uh, before we wrap it up, Craggy, any final parting shots, any last uh, news and updates that people can find over on the CGSAllStar.com website? Well, I, I say stay tuned. Uh, next week we should have some, some more stuff regarding a couple other events, but you know, I will drop the nugget that we, we talked about scouting and what we're doing with scouting here earlier this week. Uh, for all those of you who are interested in scouting and becoming scouts or want to understand the process, stay tuned here over the next week or so. We're going to have some great information for you. Yeah, really exciting stuff. If you want to dive into the scouting business, get some hands-on experience in the scouting world. Uh, the College Gridiron Showcase Symposium is going to be offering that opportunity and providing that platform for you. So keep it locked. Keep it posted. Stay tuned. CGSAllStar.com. That's one of the co-founders right there, Craig Red. Always appreciate it, buddy. Have a good day, gentlemen. All right. There you have it, Craig Red, co-founder of the College Gridiron Showcase and Symposium, along with Jose Jefferson. Each and every week they're kind enough to uh, join us and give it up the latest happenings, comings and goings, and who better to talk NFL draft with these two guys I'm about to welcome in on the show. You want to know about risers and sliders and people popping up on that radar. It's like boop, 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 constantly in my head with all the players popping up each and every week on the College Gridiron Showcase watch list. You heard Craig's tell you over 700 guys up there now and uh, uh two guys largely responsible for that is joe everett and justin gamble who we welcome into the show right now uh the directors of college football scouting first off we welcome in uh joe everett over there in indianapolis there with the scouting combine in february we'll be there before you know but first we've got a pit stop in addison texas kick it off right for the nfl draft season what's happening joe I just can't believe we're already week four of college football. I'm I'm still in the midst of this uh, Mississippi LSU game, so that's why I barely called in on time. But, hey, we're all here. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're going to get to all that good stuff. Mississippi State, big romp over LSU, one of our featured matchups. We're going to talk about it all this week. Mississippi State at Georgia, TCU at Ohio, uh, Oklahoma State, Penn State at Iowa, where – you know, a lot of people thought college game day would be heading into uh, Iowa for this Big Ten matchup, but instead they'll be in Times Square. <laughs> Go figure that one out. <laughs> but, hey, we're going to talk about all that and more with this guy, Justin Gamble, over there in Denver, Colorado, who is also the Broncos tossing their name into the ring to host the NFL draft. And, uh, you know, hey, why not every other city seems to be doing it, Justin? But what's going on with you? What's moving? What's shaking? Not much, man. Just doing some doing the work. Got some names to drop today. Um, a lot more seniors, I think, this week than we had last week. So hopefully, me and Joe can put some new people on the radar for everybody. Dropping names, dropping knowledge. It's what we do. Check us out over at the NFL Draftbible.com. Lots of new scouting reports, great content there, and we'll have a, 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 an announcement soon here, hopefully shortly, for everybody out there wondering what's going on. Uh, but we got a new look, new design, and uh, looking good, popping, popping out on the monitor. And we're going to talk about who's popping out on our monitors on College Football Saturdays. But it also continues into Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, because that's the power of TiVo. So, with that being said, we're going to talk about all of our marquee matchups uh, in the second portion of the show. First up, though, we got to recap, take a look back, hit the rewind button, bring you all up to speed. So, listen, if you're new to the show, tuning in for the first time, believe me, click subscribe, share it. It's going to be a weekly staple to your football season. And we're here all year round. So, so listen, welcome to the show. If you're a longtime listener, we appreciate all the support. I see the comments going on on iTunes. Really, really love that stuff. But now we're going to dive into – our Powerball Performance FBS Watch List Players of the Week. Get it kicked off with that. We'll start off with uh, Justin on this one. Justin, who is your Player of the Week from this past Rewind? You know, watching this past week, um, one guy who's been on my radar, and I think he he's flashed every single game. I just don't think I can not talk about him anymore. 
and it's Jalen Samuels, the tight end slash H-back slash running back slash wide receiver um, from NC State. Uh, last week, caught six receptions for 75 yards, also rushed the ball five times for 16 yards and three touchdowns. Um, he lines up literally everywhere, does it all, an outstanding athlete with great hands, great body control. The only problem is he's 5'11", 228. So his frame is kind of interesting, and it's tough to project where he's going to play in the NFL. But that versatile skill set, man, is just crazy to watch. Um, he's natural at everything he does. And I think he'd be getting – I mean, obviously, he'd be getting more national attention if he wasn't 5'11", 228. But um, this kid absolutely does it all. When I, and I don't want to sound like I'm exaggerating. He does it all. So, um, curious to see how they're going to keep using him the rest of the year. Curious to see how he'll eventually fit into an NFL squad. But, man, this kid's exciting. Yeah, definitely a jackknife, maybe even a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. But, as you mentioned, he can do a little bit of everything, block, pass, catch, run, line up inside, line up outside. Joe, I know you've been a big fan of Jalen Samuels for quite some time now. Oh yeah, and like you said, it's it's guys that bring all the tools to the table. There, uh, he's no joke. I mean, he can do it all, and it's not a weakness that I see in his game. Period. So that's a player that you know is just going to hit the hit the ground running. All right, how about you, Joe? Uh, who stood out to you in terms of a top performer from the FBS level this past week? Well, I'm, I'm going to my Maction boys, and uh, it's going to be Mr. Cody Thompson from Toledo. Uh, super high-scoring game there, uh, but he, he racked up three touchdowns. I know it was just Tulsa, but he's he's used to doing this every single game. He's got 100 yards in every game, and he's he's just a burner. You've got to jam this guy because he can run right by anybody if he gets a clean release, and uh, I think Toledo's really been – blessed with this kid being there just to bail him out of certain situations. I mean, Logan Woodside's a good quarterback, but Thompson high points balls. He can out jump people. He can run away from defenses. Um, there's just a bunch of ability there. And I'm, you know, six, two, he's got the bulk and he makes contested catches, but I really think his speed's real. I can't wait to see. He's a player. It'll be very interesting to see where those test results are because I'm seeing a player that's definitely got that third gear and, uh, He's he's certainly a Sunday guy, uh, but it's, it's, he's starting to prove, I think, that uh, that draft stock's uh, just as solid as all get out because there's another player. I don't really think there's a weakness. I see him blocking up field. Um, I, he fights for balls, and uh, once again, he knows how to get open. He knows how to get that clean release at the at the just right at the, the break. It's it's unreal sometimes how defensive backs. I think it's just you know for some, one reason or another they underestimate him continuously, and that's that definitely got to stop after this production. Uh, Cody Thompson's real. Yeah, talk about skyrocketing draft stock there for the uh, Toledo Rocket. Cody Thompson, three touchdowns last week, a buck 78, average 20 yards per catch, and that 54-51 shootout come from behind uh, victory there. And you're going Toledo, Joe. I'm going Tulsa. I'm going to go with this guy, D'Angelo Brewer. The second week in a row, this guy's caught my attention. Uh, you know, I take a look at his vision, his cutback ability, his patience, the ability to break it long. I mean, I think this guy projects to a great change of pace back at the next level. Also a very notable team leader. I mean, this is the guy that they're sending out to the media days uh, to represent the team and just a, a guy that players gravitate towards too. And a uh, buck 52 this past week against Toledo, 262 and three touchdowns the week before against Louisiana Lafayette. But, um, you know, this guy, is approaching 3,000 yards rushing for his career, uh, averaging over five yards uh, a, a rush for his uh, career as well. And he's currently fourth in the nation in rushing. And the hometown kid, you know, he played his high school ball there in Tulsa. And this guy, you know, you take a look at what Tariq Cohen has brought to the Bears as a change of pace type of guy. Uh, I, I think that D'Angelo Brewer from Tulsa, and we had a couple of guys from Tulsa the, uh, this past year at the College Gridiron Showcase, but 5'9", a buck 90, he's going to probably time in the 4'4 range, and I think that could, um, you know, maybe land him 
day two, but most likely a day three guy. I think there's still some stigma out there uh, about some of these Midwest teams. And you take a look at where Kareem Hunt, you know, we, we evaluated this guy and saying, hey, you know, he's maybe the best running back in the draft. And I think he went in the fourth round. But D'Angelo Brewer, definitely a, a guy on my radar and, and someone who is going to get an all-star invite here, uh, whether it be the College Gridiron Showcase or another event. He'll be uh, playing football on Sundays for sure. All right, gentlemen, let's reset now to the FCS watch list player of the week presented by Premier Athlete Advisors. Check out premierathleteadvisors.com. And the FBS watch list was brought to you by Parabolic Performance. Go parabolic.com for all your NFL draft prep needs there. And I'll be uh, working with those guys, definitely helping players get to the next level. But talk about next level, Joe, FCS. Uh, you know, Craig mentioned we had our scouting meeting the other day, a handful of FCS guys on our radar, and uh, our our Cosgrid Iron Showcase roster was very populated heavily with FCS standouts last year. But uh, how about a standout from last week, Joe? Who do you got for us? Well, I've got a few FCS man crashes, so I want to start with a small reset. You know, I'm not just – Throwing names out there, the Detrez Newsom, the running back from Western Carolina that I have just gone ad nauseum. Guess who's leading the FCS in rushing yards mm-hmm. right now? Just, just, just go ahead and check out some video footage of this kid. He is, he is no doubt a player. So, uh, just a shout out to Mr. Detrez for backing up our talk all off season long. And then uh, I'd say this week I'm going to stick local. Um, have no clue this kid was down here shocked actually he's in Terre Haute we got a redshirt senior at uh, ISU Bobby Pugh he uh, almost broke the ISU record for receiving yards I think he went for 260 260 260 whatever Uh, he just kept getting open he's got real breakaway speed Uh, he's a solid kick returner he's got the punt returning uh, experience but uh, what's the huge story or takeaway, I guess, is that the Sycamores almost upset Liberty and, and my boy Kyle Laletta, it was a 42-41 final there. So that's that just a real exciting game to watch for sure. But Pew was the reason. Uh, it wasn't by accident. I, he just kept finding holes, and they were all big gainers. It was only, I think, two touchdowns, but every single ball he caught – went the distance. Uh, he's just, I think, the FCS version of John Ross this year. I think he's averaging close to 30 yards a catch. I mean, that's got to regress down to the mean, I'm sure. But he's a long ball specialist, uh, specialty, uh, and he's got that kick return experience. So I think he's uh, Bobby Pugh. we we'll put him on the radar and just a huge, uh, huge effort in what was unfortunately a loss uh, last week. Yeah, Bobby Pugh. If you don't know, now you know. Joe Everett never leaving a stone unturned. Of course, RIC in a place to be. Rick Saratella here joined along with Justin Gamble. And, you know, you mentioned Kyle Laletta from Richmond with uh, six touchdown passes, extremely accurate, 24 (laughs) out of 27, 290 yards. But um, the guy that I was watching, and, man, you talk about there might not be – Anybody making more amazing plays in college football right now than this Grambling State quarterback, Devontae Kincaid. And, you know, hat tip to uh, Bucky Brooks over at NFL Network because he actually put this kid on the radar about two years ago, I think, and kind of just made a mental note. You know, seeing highlights here and there, but actually watched the game this past week. And, I mean, just an incredible player in terms of what he's able to do. Uh, tremendous touch, can zip the ball through through tight windows, but then also great touch on the deep ball. But most impressively is his, his ability to extend the play, uh, the scrambling, the escapability. I mean, I've seen this guy making plays that was reminiscent of what Steve McNair used to do over at Alcorn State. However, um, you know, Devontae Kincaid, not quite as big as Eric McNair. He, he's more of a Teddy Bridgewater type of frame. I think there's legitimate concerns in terms of whether or not his body can hold up. Uh, you will see the Jeff Garcia comparison out there. And, you know, quite honestly, I'm not sure if his body is built for the NFL game. 
Uh, however, you know, even though they play more games in the CFL, I think the the way his scrambling ability and, and the way his game is suited, I think he would be a superstar uh, up north in the Canadian Football League. But I do think, you know, he will get an opportunity, a developmental guy in the NFL. Someone is going to see the skill set, see the talent. There's a lot to like. 22-37 this past week, 255 yards passing, but then another eight yard or 60 yards rushing on the ground, adding a, a touchdown through the air, a touchdown on the ground. Shout out to uh, his wide receiver from last year, Chad Williams, I think, who was drafted by the Arizona Cardinals, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and then the running back, Martez Carter, they had the triple threat there last year. Of course, Chad Williams going on to the NFL, but Martez Carter at five foot nine, two oh five, a guy who could get a look at the next level. He had uh, a big 51-yard run this past week, 96 uh, rushing yards on the day. Uh, going back to Kincaid, he's listed at 6'1", 190. What he's going to really, truly measure in at, we don't know. And, you know, before we move on from the FCS, you know, Joe mentioned the Trez Newsom. I mean, you talked about him in our running back positional preview show and, uh, Joe, I mean, this guy is just having an incredible year. You look at his stats, he's averaging over 10 yards a carry and over 20 yards a catch. It's just incredible the kind of season he's putting up and nearly 600 yards already through the first three games. So, uh, DeTrez Newsom, Western Carolina, I mean, definitely some guys on the NFL draft radar. Now, it's time to defy limitations with Defiance Fuel each and every week. We uh, highlight some players who stood out that we just did not know about. And uh, this week, we're going to start off with you, Justin, for your Defiance Fuel, Defy Limitations Performer of the Week. Who do you got for us? I got a guy who kind of underperformed last year, I think, with his skill set and talent level, but kind of last two weeks has blown up a little bit. Finally having a consistent quarterback, um, whether or not he throws a lot of interceptions, um, you know, he still gets enough to his own guys to where DeMornay Pearson L from wide or from Nebraska, um, smaller guy, but he's starting to put his name on the map, man. Um, explosive plays big wins outside wins in the slot. Um, if you like Christian Kirk, you'll like this guy. He had, uh, eight receptions for 101 yards last week against Northern Illinois. Week before that against Oregon, he did have four receptions for 67 yards and a touchdown. Um, last year, he pretty much was silent for uh, most of the year. So it's, it's nice to see an explosive guy who has obvious talent and was highly recruited guy as well um, start to, you know, put his name on the stat sheet as well as the radars of scouts and everything. Because, I mean, this guy could be a dangerous slot receiver in the NFL. Um, he's got that quick burst. He's got the – shake and bake. Um, I don't know what he can't do as far as, you know, when you look at his size, when you compare him to the other small guys, he's doing everything they're doing. He's just not getting the same attention for it. So um, it's good to see some production out of him. Well, that's what we do here at the College Radar Showcase Watchlist Show. We shine the spotlight on guys who may not be catching that uh, mainstream media national recognition, Joe, uh, over to you now for your uh, Defiance Fuel Performer of the Week, under-the-radar prospect here on the Watchlist Show. Well, I found us another tight end, uh, and his last name is also Thomas. I think it was Ian Thomas, the Indiana kid I was talking about last uh, time we was on the show. Uh, I was watching all this Mississippi State footage, and uh, they've got this interesting tight end, Jordan Thomas. Uh, he's, the kid was like 295 coming out of JUCO last season, and he's slimmed down to a svelte 280 right now, but th- he moves really well, and the Bulldogs actually line this big Jesse up at, like, wide out. Uh, he plays in line. He doesn't play a lot of snaps for him just yet, but I mean, he only caught nine passes last year. I think he's, like, East Central Community College, but uh, the way he moves and gets all that weight going at once is just something that impresses me because, like, uh, I don't even weigh as much as him, and, like, he's moving like a cheetah out there. Uh, I just think there's so much athletic ability. It's like a raw lump of clay is what he is. I think you could maybe even move him back 
to tackle if it didn't work out at tight end. So, yeah, Jordan Thomas, I think he only caught uh, six passes, 56 yards, a touchdown so far. I think five passes in that LSU game. But still, um, the potential I'm seeing from that kind of player and the fact that he's played offensive line, he's already played defensive end, he can move people in the running game, and he can go out and catch passes. Uh, we just find so few tight ends out there that can do both. A legitimate why. And, uh, boy, at 280 pounds, uh, yeah, I just think there's got to be a lot of coaches eyeballing him thinking, oh, what I could do with an athlete like that. So, yeah, shout out Jordan Thomas, Mississippi State. I, I think he's a redshirt senior right now or just true senior. Uh It'll be interesting to see where he lands and exactly what he's going to do, but he's going to be doing something professionally, something else. Well, we're going to dig into that Mississippi State-Georgia game in just a second. That's a great tease there, Joe, because you know what? Uh, the way you describe him sounds very similar to a George Fant, and we saw what Fant did up in uh, Seattle, a guy that didn't really know. Yep. He was tight end, offensive tackle, but just great athleticism. And, again, at 280, you know, once you get to the next level, you you can drop him 15 pounds and make him a tight end or bulk him up 15 t- pounds and make him a tackle. So that'll be an interesting prospect to keep an eye on. Uh, the guy for me that keeps coming across my desk, and it's time to give him some recognition. And matter of fact, I'm going up to you, Joe, in your neck of the woods up in Circle City there, Indianapolis. Uh, you know, I don't know if this guy's going to be at the Combine, but the way he's playing – he sure deserves it, and another one of these guys, we talked about Jalen Samuels on the offensive side of the ball with his size. Where does he fit in? Is he an H-back, a fullback, a tight end? You know, Anthony Wimbush from Ball State, 6 feet, 225 pounds. I don't know where his home is. Is he a joker? Is he a safety? Is he an outside backer? All I know is this guy gets after the quarterback, and he has really took his game to the next level. This past week, seven tackles, two more sacks, a forced fumble versus Tennessee Tech, and just really all over the field. This guy is just living, making a living on the edge like Bon Jovi. Uh, six tackles, another sack and a half, and two forced fumbles against UAB the week before. And you say, well, he's doing it against Tennessee Tech and UAB. No, 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 not so fast. Week one at Illinois, seven tackles, three sacks. So he's doing it against big schools, small schools. He only had six and a half sacks last year, but he's now got 20 sacks uh, in his career. And the way he's going, I mean, he's going to gain the attention of NFL talent evaluators because, you know, at the end of the day, finding players who can get after the quarterback, there's just not enough of these guys to go around. I take a look at a guy like Dylan Donahue right now, I think with the Jets, probably a close player comparison there. And, you know, I think that's what the Cod Gridiron Showcase, like we echo quite often on this show, is, you know, you take a kid from Ball State, you put him up against a kid from Georgia, and, you know, you really get to see how his skill set matches up. So, you know, Anthony Wimbush there from Ball State is my uh, Defiance School Performer of the Week. Now, you're tuned in to the College Good Iron Showcase and Symposium. You're listening to Justin Gamble, Joe Everett, Rick Saratella of the NFL DraftBible.com. All kinds of scouting reports flooding the website right now. Of course, we're on social media at NFL Draft Bible. And uh, right now it's time to get into our marquee matchups. You know, we try to break down the big game matchups of the week and take you through some of the top seniors that were keep an eye on for the Cogsburg Iron Showcase, but also break down some of these underclassmen, too, in some of these marquee matchups. And we're going to kick it off. Joe mentioned uh, the tight end for Mississippi State there, Jordan Thomas. Why don't we start it off right there with you, Joe. Mississippi State, number 17 in the nation at Georgia, number 11, a marquee matchup in the SEC. Now, Mississippi State, as you mentioned, romped LSU last week 37-7. They have victories over uh, Louisiana Tech and also Charleston Southern. Georgia also undefeated uh, 42-14 over Sanford last week. Their most notable win was that uh, nail-biter against Notre Dame. They pulled out 20-19. They also defeated Appalachian State in the season opener. But uh, this quarterback, I got to say, Nick Fitzgerald, uh, you saw what D- Dak Prescott is doing at the next level, the hype train now building for Mr. Fitzgerald as well, Joe. 
Oh yeah, and, and rightfully so. He's 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 made some good decisions. He's a big kid that's tough to get to the ground. He's a running threat, and Dan Mullen. He's done so well with those types of, of quarterbacks. You know, don't want to compare him to any Tim Tebow here because I think he's a much better thrower. Uh, this is his game. This is exactly the type of prospects he wants in this game, and it's uh, it's working out so far for him. But uh, I, this is going to be a huge test for that offensive line, uh, that Georgia and that front seven, and I think particularly a guy I just don't understand the hype behind him and. The, the the tackle left tackle Martinez Rankin from Mississippi State. I just see a guy with not super great movement skills. He spends a, too much time on the ground getting a suntan for my books. I mean, I, I see so many times. Yes, he's a he's a run blocker. He can get out and pull and and get moving, but he hits the dirt so fast it just doesn't make sense. Like he just he'll make a defender hurdle him or sidestep him while he's on the ground. I just. Uh, I really wish he'd go out and strike guys. I just don't see his effectiveness and really uh, pass protection. It's not his thing. If Mississippi State gets behind in this game, I think you'll see Rankin struggle with the Bulldog blitzes. And it's just a guy that whiffs on so many blocks and chases. And Rankin's just always looking at the back of the man he's supposed to block. And he's I'll tell you guys, he's the only player in college football that I know what his degree, I know what he's majoring in. He's getting a Ph.D. in waxing right now because that's, like, all I see him doing. Um, that, that guy, I don't know why he's so highly on people's lists, man, but that's one senior I see that I just uh, – I'll take a pass if he's ever in my face. Uh, the other senior, Donald Gray, seems to be coming up. Uh, really good progression. Another Juco, it's just a constant theme. For Mullen, he really gets uh, uh, kind of the sh- scrapes off the top of the shelf of the JUCO ranks. That Thomas kid, the tight end, brought up Rankin, uh, Gray. There's so many kids that Mullen is all about uh, resurrecting careers, which is uh, a great thing to see. But um, yeah, Fitzgerald, he's a neat kid, military family. He's born in Germany, and that's the kind of background you like to see. And I think the only reason Mullen got him is. He barely started until he was like a senior in high school and maybe attempted like 60, 70 passes in high school total. So when he went to colleges, he had to work out as a wideout, a tight end, just anything. And I think, yeah, Dan O'Mullen's the only one that offered him a, a scholarship. So that's uh, there's always a very powerful train when a kid's got a whole lot to prove, and that's I think that's Fitzgerald and Spades. Um, the other underclassman to watch, though, uh, Leo Lewis. I love that linebacker, leader on the field. Uh, changed his number to 10, so he fooled me for the first two weeks. But I found you, Mr. Lewis. And then uh, they got a nice safety tandem, uh, Mark McLaren. And uh, he's uh, more their strong safety, excels in run support. And then another JUCO kid they got, John John Abraham. I think he started at Georgia. I don't remember his JUCO college, but – he is really uh, doing well for them in coverage, and uh, he, I don't even think he was supposed to start this year, but Abram jumped right in the starting lineup. So, yeah, Jonathan Abram's a, another underclassman on that defense to watch out for. It's a real young team that's, uh, I think, not just going to be good this year. The Bulldogs going to be good next year, too, if they keep the score. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that was a signature victory last week there against LSU and proving that they're the real deal. Um it's funny, Martinez Rankin, man. Smoke him if you got him, Joe. I mean, you just shredded his <laughs> draft stock up. But, hey, it's funny, you know, the NFL draft uh, draft Twitter, internet business has become such a copycat type of thing. You know, somebody calls this guy a first-round pick, and then everybody follows suit. But it sounds like he's been studying some tape from Eric Flowers, the way, the way he's been letting <laughs> defenders get around him. Um Justin, over to you with this Georgia team who is um, actually favored by six points. And, and Joe, you know, Joe does the Bang the Books podcast, and you can catch them on Twitter at Bang the Books before we go over to Justin. With that being said, Joe, you said Mississippi State, the real deal, but getting six, how do you see this outcome? Oh, it's uh, I'd probably still hang with Georgia and that defense. Uh... That, that interesting twist is Grantham being the defensive coordinator uh, against his old school, but not the old team. So I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd go with the experience of Georgia, go with those running backs, see if you can get Fitzgerald to make a mistake. And yeah, probably, I hate to lay him, but I'd lay him. 
Yeah, the uh, running backs, definitely the star-studded feature here in this matchup, possibly, Justin. But a lot of good prospects on this Georgia Bulldogs team. Uh, from seniors down to the uh, underclassmen, what do you got for us here? Hey, did we lose Justin? He lost it on that Martinez Franco oh, joke. <laughs> let me, let me, <laughs> we did lose and we got him back. Let me welcome Justin back in for the uh, Georgia Bulldogs breakdown. Sorry about that, Jay. From the top, Georgia Bulldogs, it's all you. <laughs> no problem. Uh, I was just saying that I agree with Joe. I think Rankin and that front five for Mississippi State are going to have their hands full. <clears throat> um, the pass rushers for Georgia this year, uh, they, they look like completely new guys with, you know, Kirby Smart finally getting his hands on him. Uh, Lorenzo Carter, their Sam linebacker, 6'6", 245, body beautiful. Um, then the other side, we got Davin Bellamy, who's 6'5", 245. Um, and he's the one who sped past McGlinchey to get the sack against Notre Dame that I think put the thing away, if I don't recall correctly. I'm not sure. But these guys can fly off the edge. Um, they're big. They're long. They're fast. Good luck, Martinez, Rankin, and crew. You guys have your hands full. Um, both seniors, both under the radar nationally, I'd say. I mean, you don't hear their names when you talk about pass rushers and outside linebacker guys. Yeah, I don't think you hear Bellamy and Carter come up in a lot of conversation, but I think that will change. Um, if I can go to the Georgia offensive line, one guy who stood out, uh, Isaiah Wynn, who's currently their left tackle, he's 6'2", 300. Last year he played 12 of 13 games at left guard. He only missed one because of injury. Um, when you listen to the coach interviews and kind of research this a little bit, they moved him there simply because he's their best offensive lineman. Um, and that, I think, says a lot about a guy who clearly doesn't have the measurables to play tackle, but he is their best athlete and he's their best leader on the offensive line. So they moved him to the spot they felt um, they needed the most help at. So Isaiah Wynn, good for you, buddy. I mean, he's doing something that I don't think I've seen in a long time. Um, the defense overall for Georgia, um, on the back end, they're strong. They're strong, and I think they're going to have to force Fitzgerald into, make some, uh, into, into making some mistakes. Um, Dominic Sanders, the senior safety, makes plays in the pass game, tackles well. I don't know his trump card or his certain area that he excels, but he definitely looks like an NFL depth player. I mean, in college, the kid's tough to play against. So, um, number 24 for Georgia. And then another guy, their star position, Aaron Davis, who's kind of their hybrid safety corner slot. Haven't studied him a whole lot, but his name has come up in a few circles that I've been in. So, um, another guy to watch, another strong senior. And then, obviously, we got to talk about the two running backs, um, Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb, both big guys both capable of pounding the rock, both capable of breaking off some big plays. Um, if I had to knock either of these two, I'd say, you know, Chubb is probably the more straight-line power guy. He's going to run you over and kind of just get downhill. Uh, Michelle's more the receiving back. Kid's got some jukes, man. He's left some people in the dust. I remember 2015 studying him against Alabama. I mean, you'd think he's caught in the backfield. And with just a slick move, he is gone, leaving people – on their butts, you know, breaking ankles. Um, he's got the hands. He's catch out of the backfield. The only thing I'd say to Michelle is he kind of lacks long speed, and I've compared him to Devontae Freeman, I guess. Um, he's kind of that similar mold, the smaller, nimble, can catch. Um, the only thing is he's not, you know, he's not running past everybody, but that's not what they want him to do, and that's not what um, that's not what his skill set's for. So um, this freaking Georgia team, man, they are stacked in. I, uh, I hope it's a good game. I think Fitzgerald is the real deal for Mississippi State. I think their team is the real deal. Uh, so I guess we'll see how this one plays out. Yeah, you know, the other interesting tidbit here, you know, uh, Jacob Eason, I know who you were a fan of, Justin, went down week one, and the freshman, Jake Fromm, gets the starting nod over Bryce Ramsey, a one-time highly recruited quarterback. Bryce Ramsey now probably – has a better shot of making the NFL as a punter than he does as a quarterback. But uh, <laughs> last one, Justin, I'm just curious. You're you're an NFL GM starting a team from scratch. You have a choice 
between Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb, which one which one are you taking? Oof, that's tough. Um, you know, I think in I mean, this is just pure preference. I think they're both great backs. I think for me I'm taking Michelle just because he's kind of more my style. He's that versatile guy who um can pass protect like a freaking ooh. He's angry in pass protection. I mean, he does it effortlessly. He just looks like he was born to do it. Um, he can pass protect. He can also line up wide. I mean, they've, they've split him out and thrown the ball to him. He can play a little slot receiver if you need him to. And he's also nimble, but he's also powerful. I think there's just a little more uh, – I hate to say well-rounded, but I think he's a little more well-rounded and complete in um, today's NFL. So, for me, I'm taking Sony Michelle but I, I certainly can't knock anyone for saying that they would prefer Chubb because he's a powerful downhill guy. And I mean, you know what you're getting with him. He's just going to bruise the all game. So if I'm starting one, I'm going to go Michelle. Very interesting. Uh, Joe, quick take there on the two backs. I agree with Justin. And not only from that uh, talent perspective, uh, you got to have the pass catching back, but also, from a price because of name value, unless he fails medically, he's going to be a high caliber pick where Sony Michelle will fall. You could get him maybe fifth, sixth round when people are like, Oh, well, we need a special teams back. We need somebody that, you know, just like Justin said, a third down back, someone can fill in a number of roles and that's where he'll fall and draft. And yeah, I'll gladly take the running back in the fifth and sixth, seventh rounds, as opposed to a more of a top 100 pick, or maybe, maybe Chubb's just a third or fourth rounder, but still I, I would uh, gladly save the money and uh, go after other positions first and, just take Michelle, who we know is a solid player. Yeah, I mean, these guys, uh, you, you can expect to see a lot of them on Saturday, pretty much close to 500 yards rushing combined through the first three games for these two guys. If you're curious how it breaks down, Nick Chubb, 290 rushing yards, averaging 6.6 a carry. Sony Michelle, 160, averaging 5.5. Let's shift the gears now. Uh, TCU, number 16 in the nation, Visiting Oklahoma State, number six, Big 12 marquee matchup of the week. Both teams undefeated. Uh, TCU, 56-36 win over SMU last week. They've also beaten Arkansas and Jacksonville State. Oklahoma State uh, romped Pittsburgh. That game was over before it even started, 59-21. They've also defeated Southern Alabama and Tulsa. And, Justin, I'm going to start off with you on this one because – uh, Mason Rudolph, statistically speaking, if you just glanced at his stats, 72% completion percentage, uh, over 1,100 passing yards here through the first three games, 11 touchdowns, one interception. But uh, Sports Illustrated, SI.com, take it for what it's worth, these anonymous scout reports. But uh, Sports Illustrated, with the article this week from the uh, anonymous scout quotes, calling Mason Rudolph a, a day-three quarterback. You know, I can't disagree there. Um, I have not been on the Mason Rudolph hype train one time ever at all, and I think you guys all know that I've made it known. Um, I, don't see, I don't see what this kid does that translates to the NFL. Um, I really don't. He doesn't see a lot of man coverage. I mean, pretty much none. Um, so he's thrown into these wide-open zones, and he's – thrown to these insanely talented wide receivers who are bailing him out week in, week out. It's kind of frustrating to watch because, you know, his numbers say Hall of Fame quarterback is tapes as day three guy. Uh, he's not a natural thrower of the ball. He pushes it. He's a, it's, it's insane to watch his balls flow and kind of, you know, I just, uh, last week when he scrambled out of a play, I think he almost got dragged down. He scrambled out, threw downfield to a wide-open player against Pitt. And if you watch, the ball almost didn't spin. It just kind of like fluttered and flew over there. Um, I don't know if he has the arm talent to play in the NFL. I don't know if he has the mechanics. I don't know what kind – I don't know what throw on the route tree he makes at an NFL level. Um, he's got the size. He's got the mobility. I like that. Um, he's got a little bit of pocket presence. You'll see him slide and – kind of feel the pressure sometimes other times not so much but overall I don't know where this guy if you know if you've watched this kid's tape I don't know how you can get off saying he's anything but a day three guy 
Um, all, I mean, he's praised for his deep balls, but I think that's maybe one of the worst things he does are those rainbow lobs that James Washington bails him out. So Mason Rudolph, for me, is just not a guy I would ever draft. I mean, personally, if I'm a GM, yeah, I mean, there's always, you know, a time to say, well, can we take this guy late? I just don't want him on my team at all because I know what he is, and I don't, I don't think I can work with that. I'd rather build someone, build around a guy who is lesser known that probably has better traits. Yeah, it sounds a lot like Mike Glennon coming out of college. I mean, I, I don't know. I saw a guy that would never be successful at the next level, and here you have the Chicago Bears still trying to mold him into a starting quarterback some way, shape, or form. All right, how about these other uh, Cowboys here, Justin? Who else? You mentioned James Washington. A lot of people like him in terms of uh, being one of the top senior wide receiver prospects. Who else you keeping an eye on in this matchup? Let me note real quick with James Washington. I like James Washington a lot, and I think this is a guy who's going to be competitive and he's going to be successful in the NFL. Um, He is praised highly for his 50-50 ball kind of stuff. And I agree, he plays those well, but I forget who, I think it was on Twitter, someone was kind of pointing out the other day, if you watch James Washington win these 50-50 balls, it's not like he's winning them 50-50. It's not like he's going up and bullying. It's more so that he tracks the ball and just plays it, and the DB doesn't. Um, I've yet to see him really, you know, play someone that can compete with him. And that's not a knock on him, but it's definitely something I'm looking forward to seeing, um, whether that be a guy who can actually press him and stay with him downfield or whatnot. But James Washington is skilled. I just want to see his full skill set on display um, a little better. Um, but some other seniors for this Oklahoma State squad, and they are full of just this whole wide receiving core is disgusting, just flooded with talent. we got Marcel Aitman, uh, 6'4", 220. Chris Lacey, 6'3", 205. Both guys have contributed each week um, it feels like a new guy leads the team in receptions and yards each week so last week it was Jalen McCleskey I believe um, week before it might have been Marcel Aitman and James Washington kind of led them if I'm remembering correctly but I mean a talented team and then their safety duo of Trey Flowers at free safety and Ramon Richards at strong safety Flowers 6'3 200 rangy guy Richards 5'11 185 so a little undersized but um, this defense is playing well for the Cowboys. So those two on the back end, it's kind of fun to watch when you have experienced safeties who can kind of call it. And um, it's just, you know, you can tell the veterans are back there. Veterans are roaming the field, making good decisions, kind of getting everybody on the same page, tackling well. So as far as the seniors go, um, those are the guys that I would say, let's put, let's put high on the radar, make sure we watch these guys. They're talented, make sure that, Uh, We don't let these ones slip. Yeah, and you mentioned the defense is clicking, the offense thriving on all cylinders. uh, 59-point spot on Pittsburgh last week, Joe. But TCU, hey, they scored 56 points last week. Uh, You know, both teams here can put a lot of points on the board. Uh, Although I'm looking at the point spread, Oklahoma State a 12-and-a-half-point favorite, almost two touchdowns, Joe. Uh, TCU side of ball and, and overall game perspective, uh, how do you see this matchup? Uh, take the over. This one. <laughs> There's a lot of speed. I mean, Justin broke down it perfectly on how how these wide receivers are, are just doing work for Oklahoma State, and I think it's the same on the other side of the ball. Uh, TCU is just uh, an embarrassment of riches, especially on the speed end, but Starting off with the seniors, uh, you know, the listeners know it's all about Kenny Trill, uh, formerly Kenny Trill. He's he's more Kenny Hill now. He can spin it. He escapes the pocket. I mean, he's got awareness when to bail. I think really he's an underrated athlete as a scrambler. Um, he just gets into a lot of trouble. He overextends some plays, and he's got, you know, he believes in that arm. So there's a lot of gunslinger there. There's a lot of force and balls. Um, he doesn't have the subtleties yet. He's nothing close to a finished product because, you know, there's – no manipulation going on. Looking off safeties ain't happening. It's, he's got that tendency to telegraph what he's doing and tell a defense. But still, uh, bottom line, 
that that arm is real. He he can make defenders pay, and it's it's really looking like he's improved his mechanics this year to me, as far as how quick that thing's getting out of the pocket. So I I think I think he's gone to the woodshed a little bit this off season. Is my best guess about Kenny Hill, um, the running back I really like, but I don't know if he's going to play. Uh, I forget what his injury is, or it's probably undisclosed. But he's uh, Kyle Hicks is listed questionable. Uh, real compact. Uh, the guy just balances off of contact so well. It's, he's, he knows how to run behind his pads. And really great receiving back. You kind of have to be uh, for the Horn Frogs. But I think he caught 40, 44 some odd balls last year as a junior. Uh, really the total package. So uh, what he can do, pass protection, receiving the ball, that's that's a guy they're going to miss. But they've got some underclassmen of course, behind him. Uh, Taj Williams, John Diars, there's some senior receivers, but this is another situation where these guys, uh, Diars, coming from LSU, there was a lot of potential there, and he has yet to really live up to it. I kind of like Taj Williams, real big receiver. Uh, he's the one, he kind of has to win in contested uh, situations, but um, uh, the the defense, it's got a couple of seniors there, like uh, Matt Boson, pass rusher, and uh, there's a couple pass rushers for Patterson on this. Crew versions of what he's had in the past. Boson's a really long kid, and he, he can beat people. He's got multiple moves, and he doesn't stick on blocks. He, he gets uh, he gets up the field pretty quick, and then they got an all-conference safety, uh, Nick Orr. I think he's definitely a, a Sunday player, but as far as these underclassmen, uh, first off, shout-out to the Super Fresh from Wasahatchee, Texas, Kennedy Snell. And Jalen Rager, these two kids have just been instant coffee for Patterson and Sonny Cumbie, that, that offense. They're already using them on end rounds in the passing game, and both these guys appear sub-4-4. And that's not even mentioning Mr. Cavante Turpin, uh, offensive weapon. I think he's just like, I don't want to say Tyreek Hill because that's getting overused, but Cavante uh, Turpin is very Darren Sproles-esque. I mean, he can do it in kick returns. He can do it on the receiving end. He just scoots across the field so much easier than any player you've seen. That's just that kind of game-changing speed that Turpin has. So I don't know where he fits in the NFL. Just a junior right now, he needs to keep his nose clean and stay out of trouble, Mr. Turpin. But uh, outside of that, he's that one that, you know, the home run hitter on this team is, is definitely Turpin. So I think if they're going to, find a way to keep pace with Oklahoma State, it's going to have to be through that speed at receiver, and Kenny Hill's going to have to limit those mistakes, but that's boy, that's asking a lot, guys. Yeah, you mentioned Kenny Hill. Definitely looks like a more sharper version of himself, uh, completing 75% of, of his balls, eight touchdowns, two interceptions. And, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, watch out for this guy, Travin Howard, uh, back-to-back, 100-plus tackle seasons uh, all over the field, sideline to sideline. Someone will be keeping an eye on for the Cosgrid Iron Showcase down there in Addison, Texas. Shifting gears, guys, uh, you know, winding down the show. We have one more matchup to break down. It's going to be the number four, Penn State and Nittany Lions, traveling into the Iowa Hawkeyes. Big Ten matchup, of course, uh, Penn State with the blank last week, 56 nothing. Of course, their win over Pitt where, uh, you know, Coach Franklin said it was like beating beat Akron, who they defeated the week before. And then Iowa 3-0, all of our teams 3-0, of course, um, with wins over Iowa State, that big week one matchup against Wyoming last week against the Mean Green over at North Texas. But uh, let's start it off with the showstopper, Justin, over there. Uh, Penn State, uh, Saquon Barkley, we talked about the Mason Rudolph comparisons well Saquon Barkley's trending in the opposite direction he's trending very high up and and uh I'm just curious you know people now saying Saquon Barkley is a higher rated prospect than Ezekiel Elliott and Leonard Fournette give us your take on Barkley and the rest of this Penn State football squad I like him a lot um I do agree uh with the you know better than Zeke better than Fournette take and I think it mainly boils down to what he can do. He's just a pure runner. I mean, with the ball in his hands, I think he's definitely more explosive than either of those other two guys. Um, I definitely think he's got more open moves or more field, ugh, more moves in the open field. I think he can string together his moves a lot better. Um, he makes guys miss at a much – he does it just 
much more effortlessly. Um, he can catch the ball. He can pass protect. Um, the main knock I had on him so far was, I think, lack of power. I think Zeke and Fournette definitely had him in the power department. It kind of seemed like guys just bounced off those two. I mean, especially Fournette, as we can see in the NFL now. But um, And then the vision. I think too often he struggles to keep it inside. It's kind of like he gears down when he's running through the tackles. Like he's, you know, he's reading the field, so his feet kind of stop. Um, and he has that tendency to try and bounce everything outside, which works for him right now because he's such a stellar athlete and he's so explosive. But I think the, that's the main thing that I've noticed when I watch him is when he's getting through those tackles, when he's running in tight spaces, it's almost like he gears down just to read the field. But in the NFL, you have to do both at the same time. Um, as a pure runner, though, and as a receiving back, I do like him better than those other two. So we'll see. I think they definitely have the edge in the vision department and that power. But I, as a just an athlete and a talent, I don't think Barkley. I don't. You know, I think he's in his own league. So we'll see. Um, I, I don't know how much NFL teams. I mean, so far from what I've heard, it's like this kid's the next greatest of all time. So I, I don't know if I'm the only one seeing that vision concern, or you know, I'm the only one that cares about it. Maybe I'm looking too much into it, but that's my take on it. Um, but onto the Penn State seniors, a team loaded with seniors. Um, we'll start on the defensive side of the ball because there's only a few. Um, Jason Kambinda, Kambinda, middle linebacker, had uh, 80 tackles in nine games last year. So not a crazy, crazy amount. But when you watch him on tape, it feels like he's just a tackling machine. I mean, he's their leader at the mic, gets them all lined up, gets them going. Um, he's all over the field. Not, he's your typical nonstop high-motor Penn State linebacker. Um, it just feels like he was born to do this. It feels like this is the only thing he does in life, which is fine when you're watching the film because, I mean, this guy, he's the leader. He's what gets this team going. He drives them. Um, he's probably a two-down linebacker in the NFL. He's pretty limited athletically um, from what I've seen so far. So maybe a day three guy, maybe undrafted, maybe um, off there. Maybe I need to see more tape. But for right now, um, that's kind of the way I see it. And then behind him, you got Marcus Allen, the big safety. Uh, he got a lot of recognition last year, and it looked like he might declare early, but he didn't. He returned for his senior year. Um, he's a big dude, probably better in the run game than the pass game. Uh, I think when you put him in deep coverage and you kind of make him run all over the field chasing receivers, that's when you notice his limitations. But comes up in the run game with authority, um, reads his keys, takes good angles, starts thumping some dudes. I don't see a round one strong safety like some do. I think he's definitely a the NFL guy, and I think he's a day two guy. So nothing wrong with that. I project him as a starter in the NFL, so, you know, not too bad. Um, offensive side of the ball, I'll get through it quick because I know we're pressing for time. But Mike Jasicki, we've talked about the tight end with the big catch radius. Um, he's got a thing about him, though, is, He's a thin lower body guy. He's not a great blocker. And then when you watch him in the open field, it's a clunky, kind of unathletic runner. Um, I wonder if he's still filling out his lanky frame or if he's a finished product. He's kind of a weird, weird athlete to watch on film. So um, you can't deny the hands and the catch radius. And even the downfield speed, it kind of feels like he builds it up and moves past people. But in the NFL, I wonder, like, what his athleticism, how it translates. So. Um, and then two wide receivers that I want to highlight, Deshaun Hamilton, um, 6'1", 210. Why, he's solid in every area. I don't know what his trump card is again. I don't know where he appears to excel, but he pretty much does everything, you know, at a C plus, B plus, B minus level. Um, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of weaknesses in his game. And then the guy that I'm super excited about is Saeed Blacknall. Uh, just a complete freak of an athlete, man. I think he's like 6'4", 220, or 6'4", 215. Um, hasn't caught a pass, or last week was the first time he caught a pass since before the USC game. Um, James Franklin insists that he's a starter and he's a part of their offense and that, you know, he's a big play guy. But last week he caught, I think, three passes for 67 yards and a touchdown. Um this is an incredibly high-ceiling athlete. Uh, he's amazing in the open field. He's amazing downfield. He's amazing at elevating for the ball. He's big. He's strong. So I hope that that was his last week was his breakout and the rest of the season 
this is his, I, I, you know, that he's going to completely explode. So we shall see. Um, that kind of highlights the guys that I want to make sure we talk about. Yeah, definitely a lot of talent on this Penn State squad. You mentioned Saeed Black now, who I'm familiar with, a New Jersey high school standout, uh, originally committed to Rutgers. You know, you, you mentioned just so much talent there, Justin, but then you also have to wonder, like, I will, I'll watch the first 25 minutes of the Penn State football game, and this guy doesn't even receive one single snap, yet there's freshman receivers in there getting the reps. So you have to also wonder, like, what the heck is going on with that? Uh, we are getting – down to the time max here and one word answer justin this penn state football team when you break it down uh one of the top four in the nation uh, are they going to qualify for that college football playoff at the end of the year i don't think so i don't think so i don't think they're well-rounded or deep enough um on the defensive side of the ball and i think trace mcsorley is too much of a wild card on the offensive side of the ball so i'm gonna say i don't i don't see it all right, let's uh, shift gears over to that Iowa Hawkeye squad. And, uh, Joe, you know, almost two touchdown underdogs again. So a lot of people, not uh, Vegas anyway, not buying a 3 0 hype. We talked about Saquon Barkley, who has 561 total yards and is averaging eight yards a carry and over 20 yards a catch. Uh, Iowa also has an impressive running back there, uh, uh, a dual threat receiving and, and catching the ball. Uh, break down this Hawkeyes team for us. And, again, I apologize. We're running low on time, Joe, so uh, you know the deal. Well, uh, yeah, just in this game, the Hawkeyes going to do what they do, is try and shorten the game, uh, keep them behind the chains, but it's just going to be tough. Penn State moves the ball so well, and they've got – so many bailout options with the big plays of Barkley and then that McSorley and hands Gasicki. So it's, that's where I don't know that Iowa's style can get them out of it. They're going to try and run the ball with Akram Wadley, who I'm so glad stayed in school. This guy's uh, real, got the lateral spring you love to see from backs that makes tacklers miss. It gives him that juke ability, the side to side snaps he has. Uh, that's going to be uh, his game in the NFL for sure. And just, he has that jump cut, so uh, he fits their scheme really well. Uh, the other back will not play. Uh, James Butler, the transfer from Nevada, who's fit in nicely with the team, uh, real pop to his interior runs and just a, another really well-built back, but uh, elbow injury, so he's not going to play in this. Um, on the offensive line, I like Boone Myers. He was supposed to play left tackle for him. He's the guy that replaced Cole Croston last year at left tackle, moving over from guard, and now, well, lo and behold, he's been replaced. Uh, Alaric Jackson, this uh, redshirt freshman, has started uh, at left tackle for the Hawkeyes, and he looks good. He's definitely a, a future player to monitor and see how he does, but Boone Myers has played well. He knows the ex- He's just played a lot of snaps for this Hawkeyes team, and that's a guy, I think, interior-wise, he's going to play on Sundays for sure. And then the senior of all seniors, Josie Jewell, uh, he's just been an institution there uh, for Iowa. Uh, he's a coach on the field. He just really gets his defenders lined up. He makes no mistakes, definitely, in the huddle, that's for sure. And he also is just a smart guy. He knows when he's getting to the pack, that's when he can take that advantage, punch the ball out, force a fumble. But he's also a form tackler when he's mano a mano. He knows how to line someone up and get them down on the ground. Uh, leader in the locker room, yeah, Josie Jewell is definitely a guy on the radar. And then if there's an under-radar defensive back for Iowa, I let Miles Taylor. Taylor uh, he's he's not, you know, Bob Sanders, but he's probably Bob Sanders light, but he is a guy that's a flying hand grenade. Like He's running around and ready to make an explosion. I'm a definite fan of his game. And, yeah, it's, it's just going to be tough sledding, I think, against a very tough offense here, uh, very talented group on the other side of the ball. This is, uh, like I said, Iowa just loves to keep you close within and, and just pray that they can uh, get it out and get it done at the end. And, yeah, there's just no outscoring this PCU team, the PSU team. All right, well done, guys. Uh, 
That's going to about do it. We had a Big Ten matchup, Big 12 matchup, SEC matchup, FBS watch list, FCS watch list, under the radar prospects. Nobody's breaking it down better than the College Good Iron Showcase watch list show. We're here each and every week. Episode number 37 is in the books, but this is how we break it down. If you like it, please spread the word, share it. Uh, click subscribe. We're on iTunes. We're on Blog Talk Radio. We put it up on the NFLDraftBible.com, which is on fire right now. You can follow us on Twitter at NFL Draft Bible. Uh, shout out to our co-host, Director of College Football Scouting, uh, Joe Everett at Joe W Everett. Two T's there. Uh, Assistant Director of College Football Scouting, Justin Gamble at Gam Scout. Uh, of course, the Cogsburg Iron Showcase guys. Jose Jefferson and Craig Red at CGS All-Star. And, of course, you know me, RIC and the place to be, Rick Saratel. Always telling it like it is and breaking it down for the people. That's what we're all about. We appreciate you, all the love, support, and all the people out there. Till the next time, everybody. Back at it again. It's another edition of the Top Art Showcase Watchlist Show. Track in. The top NFL draft prospects on the planet each and every week brought to you by the NFL Draft Bible broadcasting around the globe with your hosts, Joe Everett, Justin Gamble, and me, the RIC, Rick Sarasota. We are on air.